Welcome to the 50th episode of Fleshing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Today's guest is Jeremy Spittle, my husband. What? <laughs> and so we, uh, we talk today about therapy. We talk about kind of how the journey of the podcast helped Jeremy start to peel back some layers and realize that he had some stuff he wanted to unpack. And so we talk about kind of a little bit of how that influenced him and what therapy is helping to do. And it's not it's not his personal therapy session of him sharing all of his exact stuff, but more the process of therapy. And so we hope that you are able to listen and maybe be inspired to take the plunge and look at some of the stuff that you have because it is uncomfortable to peel back the layers sometimes. It can be scary, but it can definitely be worth it. Speaking of uncomfortable, I'm sitting right here. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I'm talking about you like you're not even here. I know. I'm always here for your intros. Thank you. I'm always here for you, honey. Thank you. Coming to you from the M&M Exterior Studio in Nooksville, Virginia... This is Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle, the introvert's extrovert. She talks to people so you don't have to. For now. Welcome back to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. This is our 50th episode. Woo! Woohoo! Today's guest is the one and only Jeremy Spittle. My husband, my producer, my editor, my partner in crime, the father of my children. Welcome, Jeremy. You know what I just realized is I did not prepare for the question that nobody ever prepares for. Who are you? Who are you, Jeremy? Um, Well, that's a great segue. Who are you, Jeremy? Don't ask me that. (laughs) Um, So, Jeremy, if you are new to the podcast or just to refresh your memory, Jeremy has been an integral part of the podcast. He had started with the technical role. He became a, of course, producer and editor. Um, He does after shows where he puts his opinion and questions and whatnot, which is great. Since COVID and quarantine, we had to switch up the style, which required us doing it online. And so he hasn't been able to participate in the interviews just yet, but no participation, no commentary, no nothing. Nothing. I miss it. I really do. You do. And I think it's, it's, um, it's fair to point out that this is the first in studio, uh, in interview that we've had. Yeah. Um, because we can be closer than six feet. Yeah. You and I, we have, on, on more than one occasion. <laughs> you missed the eye roll because it's on podcast. Um, so, yes, it's our in-studio interview. And um, we thought, you know, at first, you know, 50th episode. Okay, so we did an episode for episode 20 where him and I, or he and I did a recap of kind of how it's going. We thought instead of just recapping, you know, the rest of these podcasts, we could actually dive a little bit deeper since we're all about peeling back the layers here. And I thought, you know, something that is new for Jeremy in 2020 is therapy, like legit paying for therapy. Right. And I always joke um, that the episode is like 
free therapy. And it's definitely not therapy. It's definitely does not replace therapy. What I mean by that is that it plants the seeds to hopefully spark growth and change and to hopefully spark the peeling back of your own layers. And so if you can kind of peel back those layers on your own, or if you realize you need um, more resources, then I am a big advocate of therapy. And so um, I also joke that I've been in therapy for 20 years, not formally, not paying for it, although I could use it because we all could. Um, but so many of my friends are therapists, social workers. And so I feel like I'm just constantly in conversations, peeling back the layers, ask, you know, trying to get different perspectives, thinking about things from other perspectives. Um, but I also realized, and especially through marriage, not everyone does that. Yeah. And it's interesting. I think I should point out that <clears throat> we are at almost a year of podcasting. And for the first six months or so, we started last July. And for the first six months, it was like free therapy. I would sit in on the interviews with you and the guest and listen to the conversations. And I always got something out of it. And I think that for those first six months, there was a lot that I got out of it that improved our relationship and our marriage. Not just with us, but with me and the kids, too. Mm-hmm. And so there, there is a lot to get out of it in, in that respect. But at the same time, there are certain things that go on inside of a person's mind or, you know, life experiences that aren't going to be addressed from a podcast. For sure. For um, sure. And the free therapy, quote unquote, that comes from that. <clears throat> yeah, it's definitely just the, it's like the very, very, very tip of the iceberg. Right. So if it can spark conversations or thoughts in your own head, I think what I am hoping, it's funny because with the podcast, what I've hoped happen, and I think you can agree that this happened to you, although I did not think it was going to be with you, I thought it would be with listeners, is that it would spark that need to look inside yourself and see the things that need to be addressed. Yeah. And so I said, you know, before that I, you know, it's like the whole, you know, poop in my pants thing. It's that this is something I thought I would take to the grave. And I often said, there's things people walk around with that they, they're going to take to their grave that are much more serious. And if we don't address those things, they are going to wreak havoc on our life. And so, um, I mean, we're not going to go into any details of that today, but I think that you, as you said, sitting in on the, the podcast and listening to them, it kind of started to chip away at stuff that you realized, hey, I, maybe I need to really look at these things and not just ignore them. And so that's a little background to kind of get you guys. So 2020 was the year of starting therapy. The year of growth so far. Yeah. The year of COVID, the year of murder hornets, the year of... Uh, racial tensions. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff going on. And so it's a year of change. That's for um, sure. I mean, this, yeah, it's, there's so many, I feel like there's so much heaviness and I have such like an overwhelming empathetic heart that I kind of shut down, but there's also so much opportunity for change and growth and that I'm hoping, you know, by us talking about more things, you know, whether it's with racism and really trying our best to unpack our own feelings and our own um, prejudices and things like that, we can move forward. And I mean, it sounds cliche, but like make the world a better place. And when we look inside ourselves for relationships, 
you know, not only do we have a healthier relationships with ourselves, but with our spouses, our kids. And so it's really peeling back that layers. And so I feel like with you today, what I would love to do is kind of maybe go through a few things that you've either kind of learned and or have changed since starting therapy, because yeah. this is a newer journey for you. So I think you have a really good perspective. I think it's also worth uh, going into why I got into therapy a little bit. Sure. Um, so you mentioned um, that, you know, it starts to scratch the surface, all the, the quote unquote free therapy from the podcast. And, it, and that's what it was doing for me was it, it scratched the surface and it got me into a mindset of personal growth. It was a lot of reflection on myself and my habits and my uh, issues. And so there was a lot of relational stuff, like I mentioned, with you and with the kids. And there were uh, ways that I could improve in that regard. So it was starting to peel back the layers of myself. And I was going deeper within myself. Um, when you start to improve, when you start to, to analyze yourself and realize that you're not uh, a perfect human being, that you're not God's gift to humanity or that you are broken, you know, when you realize that you're broken and you're taken down a peg or two, basically humiliated um, from for one thing or, or another, you really get to the core and it's, you know, Christina Ammerman talks about these core wounds, these core issues that you have. And I got down to some of my own to where quote unquote free therapy from the podcast wasn't enough. It was, a, I needed to get a therapist. I needed, I had issues that were from long ago that, um, I had, repressed. I had forgotten about, I, you know, I was going to quote unquote, take them to my grave. Mm -hmm. And so these issues came boiling up through listening to the podcast, reflecting on myself. And so and taking a hard look at who you really are, because you are a good person, you know, but you're human. And that's, I think true for all of us. Like when mm -hmm. you were saying how um, what did you just say about, I had to look at who I was. And I think so often um, we assume we're right. Actually, you know, Don, our pastor has been doing a series about sin and how sin is really, it all comes down to, we believe we're right. Because if we didn't think we were right, we would change our opinion on something. And so really so much of it is like believing we're right. So if we believe, you know, we're good and we're acting the way we should, there's nothing wrong with our behavior. It does take a real humility, letting go, just like giving up control. And I mean, for me personally, and I, I mean, I think for you too, for us, it's like kind of asking to have our, 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 the truth about us revealed, you yeah, know? Right. And therapy is, is a, a way I've found that you can get those things out and you can, whether it's verbal or written, you can get them out and you can talk to somebody who understands how all that stuff works. All that crap from mm -hmm. your past affects the present and possibly the future. And, and non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. Yeah, exactly. So, but, but what a therapist does is they listen and they interact with you and <clears throat> at least in my experience, it's a lot of, uh, 
um, nudging in the right direction. It's not necessarily, there's no diagnoses. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not saying, oh, you have, it's not psychiatry. Mm-hmm. They don't say you have X, Y, and Z disorder. You, you basically go into it and, and they say, hey, you know, maybe you should think about this or have you thought about that? And how has that been helpful? Like, what is that? What does that look like to you? Like, you just described what it looks like, but how has that been helpful? Uh, well, to have that non-judgmental person, that person that nudges you, that person that you can kind of tackle all this stuff with. Well, for me personally, I, I and I think it's a, a common issue for men is I didn't really have that person aside from you mm-hmm. to confide in or to work things out with. Like you, you have all of your therapist friends and Mm -hmm. guests on the podcast, which is, you know, what we were saying got me going in this route. Um, But I don't really, I don't communicate verbally very well. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say you didn't and you're getting much better. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I think that's fair. Um, And that, that goes into one of the changes that I needed to make on myself. And that was, I was a selfish person and it's a lot easier for me to say that now being able to look back on who I was and how the changes have changed who I, who I am now. Uh, but I was a selfish person and if I hadn't gone into therapy, maybe I wouldn't recognize that. Maybe I would continue to be who I was before, which, you know, like you said, I'm a nice guy mm-hmm. that that's great. But at the same time, I was selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're all selfish. I think it's funny because I hear that and I think of people listening and it's like, you know, one, well, one, we're all selfish. Selfish in ways. Selfish is one way of saying it. Self-centered is another way of saying it. Yeah. Selfish way. has a, a connotation of like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Yeah. But my universe centered around me. I was self-centered. Yeah, I think that's, that's probably a better. better yeah, that's good. that's good. So I had I realized that I needed to not have people or situations conform to my needs. Mm. I needed to conform to other people's needs. So that so like, what does self-centeredness look like? Uh, and you, you know, once again, you just kind of described it, but like, so somebody recently, we were talking to somebody, you and I, and they brought up the episode with Darren and the Wanda and the communication by email, mm-hmm. um, that I had talked about on there, which at the time we said was a good thing because we had figured out, like, I like to, and I still tackle don't, things. I don't want to go back and say it's a bad thing either. Yeah, it's, I agree. It can be good. And it, I think that it can be bad. Um, But for me, it was a selfish way of approaching communication with you Mm -hmm. because it, it basically was demanding and expecting you to conform to my needs. Mm. So I have to communicate with you by email because I can't communicate verbally, Mm -hmm. which is a self-centered way of communicating among the two of us. It worked for us at the time. 
Well, I think the biggest change though is because the thing is, is that there's not going to be one thing that works for everyone. Like if, if, if email communication works for you, like in processing, no problem, go do it. What I just heard you say that I think has been a game changer and why we're kind of trying to be, you know, somewhat open with all this stuff is just because this is the stuff that no one talks about. And if you're willing to, then, you know, praise God. Um, but you just said, this is what works for me. And I couldn't do it like that. And you didn't stop to say, why can't I communicate in person? Why don't I work on this? And that's, I feel like what's shifted in 2020 is instead of it just being, yeah, I'm, you know, this works for me. It's that, how can I, how can I shift my perspective? How can I start working on me so that everything's not like, like you said, centered around you? which we all can work on, by the way. I don't want this to just be like a focus on you. I have my own stuff too. Well, sure. But but, but also it's kind of um, interesting that the, in order to become less self-centered, I had to focus on myself. That is funny. That kind of reminds right? me of Selfish Mama with Tina Unruh. Right. We talked about that. Right. And that's that was a that was a great episode. I remember I didn't participate mm-hmm. in it, but I, I edited it and listened to it. So... Um, I am a subscriber. I will, I will say <laughs> thank you. I do Thank enjoy you for your double support. <laughs> <laughs> and the the uh, editing of this podcast is amazing. You I usually listen to three uh, three times when you sit in on it. You edit it and then you listen to it. Yeah. And but that's been very insightful because you said you always get something different from that's each true. Listen, yeah, so. right. Yeah, you go back and listen. You'll get something new. But yeah, so her episode was interesting because it it brought that out of you need to focus on yourself to be a better, um, for me, father, for her mother Mm -hmm. to children or for me, husband to you, Mm -hmm. um, to focus on others, to be more self, to be less self-centered or to be more selfless. You actually had to focus on yourself more. Right. But I think it's how you focus on yourself. And that's where it's like, you know, like therapy that's mm -hmm. focusing on my, my, on myself, Mm -hmm. but it's not a selfish self-centeredness mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. it's not a matter of like how can i get what i need it's how can i improve myself how can i how can i be better how can i be a better human being but that's something that's going on right now so you know with um with a lot of the racial tensions that are going on in the world right now the stuff a lot of stuff i've read that has stood out to me has been about how that racism is trauma and so everyone especially people of color are have this trauma and that when you deal with trauma, it's a whole different, it's a whole different thing. And I think because of a lot of the stuff that we've been unpacking, it's you realize that once you kind of figure out why you are the way you are, it can shift the way you see everything in the world. Not it can, it It will. will, Yeah. It will shift the way you see things. And I wish I had the quote in front of me, but it's like, I can tell you, I can tell you that, uh, therapy has shifted my thoughts on so many things. Mm-hmm. Um, LGBTQ plus mm-hmm. rights, yeah. um, racial tensions. It's all, mm-hmm. there's all sorts of, of aspects of trauma involved in all of it. And to uh, and simplify become- it or mm-hmm. think of it in a, in a two dimensional way, you, you really don't do it justice. And so once you can see yourself in a three-dimensional light, you start to see other things in a three-dimensional light, I think. 
I feel like we should unpack a little of the two-dimensional, three-dimensional light for okay. people. Um, but I think as we go there... Well, two-dimensional is very black and white, very us mm-hmm. versus them mm-hmm. um, mentality. And, you know, it's either this way or that way. Mm-hmm. It's not a, a, you know, three-dimensional is it can be this way and that way. Mm-hmm. It's black and white and gray mm-hmm. and whatever green, else. Purple and red. And- um, it's, what was the other one I, I said? Us versus them. Mm-hmm. It's not, there's no us versus them. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it's so cliche right now. We're all in this together. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, you have, you're broken. I'm broken. We're all broken. He's broken. She's mm-hmm. broken. Everybody's broken. Everybody has issues. And it, it it's complicated. I feel like when you realize how yeah, complicated, so complicated you are, it makes you change. Even if you don't change your views, I'm not even saying changing them, but the empathy, I feel like the level of empathy. And I think that's one of the biggest changes I've seen in you when Mm -hmm. we have been talking about current events is that you've always been a caring, good person. Mm -hmm. But I think what I saw happen more, and this could be in lots of things, is it was just more two-dimensional. Like, yep, this is happening. It's bad. And like, I kind of, I don't want to think about that anymore. Like, okay, I'm just Mm going to put a pin in it. I'm just not going to think about it anymore. And the more you've unpacked yourself and why you are the way you are and how you think and um, kind of, you know, going back to those, that core kind of just who you are at your core, you can't not unpack more feelings, more thoughts and opinions of stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, I'll never be able to go back to, I mean, I, I, I can't say never, but I don't ever want to be able to go back to, my self-centered ways Mm -hmm. because I've seen what growth can do. And I've seen what selflessness Mm -hmm. in our relationship and with my relationship with the kids can do. Um, and it's, it's eye opening, all of it's eye opening. And just to get back to the therapy thing without therapy, would I be where I am today? Maybe not. I probably not. Almost definitely not. Um, so I think one of the things that I didn't understand about therapy before I got into it was that it's not for the messed up people. It's not for the uh, addicts or the uh, sexually abused. It's not for, it's for all of these people. Mm-hmm. But it's for everybody. Yeah. Everybody could benefit from it. Yeah. Uh, if you don't think you have trauma from your past, you probably do. Yeah. If you don't think you have issues, there's something. <laughs> the first way you know you have issues is when you don't think you have issues. And I should add, too, with trauma. When you said trauma, not everyone has the, the definition of trauma isn't the same for everyone. So it doesn't mean everyone has the same level of trauma. But meaning everyone has something from their past that affects who they are today. And the more we can understand that, the better we can function in our current life. Definitely. If, if there's any aspect of your life that you think is not complete or whole, there's a chance that it's something from your past is holding you back or, or keeping you mentally. And it's probably always subconscious. Uh-huh. We're such a, we're such a, um, a product of our patterns, a product of our, you know, 
the systems inside of us. And I think it's important to note too, that therapy looks different for everybody. So for me, I mean, I should look up the definition, but like for me, therapy is unpacking the layers inside of you, you know, kind of unpacking it. And so it looks different to everyone. For some people, it may mean um, spiritual growth and dealing with, you know, their pastor. Others, it's a professional therapist. And then there's all different kinds of therapy. Um, I mean, that's what they say, like, uh, your friends are the best therapists. It's like, what it really comes down to. And it's funny, because I did not plan, I did not see it coming that my husband would be the one to confirm this. But when I started the podcast, it was based on this theory of, we shouldn't carry things to our grave. Like if there is something that you say, I'm going to carry this to my grave. That's how you know, that's the thing you need to mm-hmm. talk the thing about. that you say, I'm never telling a soul about this. Mm-hmm. People can't know this. If, if people knew this about me, then X, Y, Z. Right. And, you know, I said it, I say it and promote it in a funny way, but I said, that's because you can't, you can't start out with the really <laughs> serious, heavy stuff, Right. you know, but if we can kind of breadcrumbs trickle it out there, you know, just it's worth it. It's worth it on the other side. Yeah. So um, we started talking about the email communication and oh, yeah. I don't think we got to, to the point of that, mm-hmm. how previously email communication, I would just, uh, I would dump a bunch of issues into an email and send it to you and I would feel better, but you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, that was very self-centered of me, selfish mm-hmm. of me. Um, but now I, th- I think I haven't sent you an email in a while. <laughs> well, you haven't also been to the office in months because of quarantine. Well, that's true. But I, I think that also... But our communication has changed. And I, for, give yourself some credit. What I appreciated about those emails is you did make them kind and nice because you learned early on that you can't totally dump the issues on me because you did... Well, yeah, that early it, on. it takes one bad email to learn a lesson, I suppose. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so in your defense, that's why it wasn't bad. Like I didn't ever look at it as bad. I appreciated that you kind of went through, Hey, this is what's on my mind. And you did a good job of like not blaming me. But I expected you to conform to my way of communication mm-hmm. where what I can do now is I can process my thoughts and, and, Write them down because I'm a, I'm, that's the way I process my thoughts. I write them down. Mm-hmm. You talk. So mm-hmm. if I can process my thoughts by writing things down, maybe shoot you a little text or something like that. But at the same time, realize that I'm going to talk to you about this. We're going to have a conversation. Um, over time, and it takes practice, it's become easier and easier. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think it continues to get easier for me at least. And I, I think that maybe even for you, written communication is mm-hmm. getting easier and easier because we're, we're a team. We're mm-hmm. working with each other. You just, um, you said something that reminded me is that I remember when, so when I've reached out to my, my pseudo therapists and advice that sticks out is when you're dealing with stuff in any area of life, it's get used to being uncomfortable Mm-hmm. And I think that when you start, you know, going through issues, whether they're within yourself, within your marriage, within anything, there's a lot of uncomfortable feelings. And when we look at what do we do when we feel those uncomfortable feelings? Well, a lot of times we 
have coping mechanisms. We lash out, we get angry, we blame others, we might eat and things like that. I mean, anything to help that uncomfortable, to, to break those uncomfortable feelings. And so I keep thinking back to some of the advice I've gotten with just working through stuff is get used to being uncomfortable. And I can tell with our, a lot of our conversations working through stuff is that so much of it is just sitting in the stuff, sitting in the uncomfortable conversations, sitting in the pain. And I know for me, I have had practice kind of unfortunately, but like sitting with people, friends, through the pain and just having those uncomfortable situations. But for me, it's like, oh, we, as in you and I, husband, wife, we have to have those uncomfortable conversations. And I think it's worth pointing out the therapy and, and these uncomfortable situations and the, you know, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I've come to realize through therapy is that you know, there, there's the physical labor work, you know, digging a hole or building a, a house or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, there's work that involves accounting where you're balancing checkbooks or whatever. I'm not good at that one. But there's a mental work that is involved with dealing with your past and dealing with trauma or you know, whatever it is, whatever therapy brings out, it's hard work. Mm-hmm. And you have to know that going into it, that it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get a, a quick fix. Mm-hmm. You're not, you know, there's no magic pill mm-hmm. to address the things from your past. You actually have to put in time and effort. And it's not, it's not work that you're used to, at least not that I was used to. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, reading books I'm I'm not a big reader, but I am now. You have become of that. one, yeah. And not that reading is, is really hard work. It's really it's effort. It takes effort. It takes intentional work. Yes. And it's, an, e- it's so and it's emotional. Yeah. It's emotional yeah. work. Because you know that you're gonna have hard conversations and you know that you are going to have to address some unsavory things about yourself. Mm-hmm. Um and it's really easy as a human being to just forget about it mm-hmm. and um, get over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really easy to not address it mm-hmm. and just continue w- with things the way they are. And it's really hard to address it and change it and do something about it. And that's the hard work that, I, that I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's emotional. It's emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times I've been emotionally drained to the point where I've said, Hey, Samantha, can we just not talk about it anymore? Because mm-hmm. I, I just don't have it in me anymore. Mm-hmm. Just emotionally. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, that's something you'll learn from therapy if you decide to go. Um, but yeah, it's hard work. So to but get back to it. the, but to get back to it, the, right? Totally. That yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It sucks. That's the thing. You. But you the the fruits of the of your labor. You get to mm-hmm. see the fruits of your labor. Um, it's like if you're sick and tired of the being sick that, and tired, you have to make a change, and it's right. going to stink. Just like exercising and all that, you're going to get unco- It's going to get worse, maybe before or it's going to feel worse before it feels better. Yeah. But totally. It's worth it. Right. 
or else you just keep creating the same patterns. And the other big thing, but then you get into practice. Like, yes, I don't mind practice being uncomfortable. I don't mind being uncomfortable as much anymore. Mm-hmm. I don't mind having a hard conversation anymore mm-hmm. because I'm getting into that practice mm-hmm. and I'm getting to realize that after it happens, it, you feel a thousand times better. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's one thing Rebecca Bertram and I have talked about. I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but she talked about being used to having the hard conversations mm-hmm. because of her life. And if you haven't read her book, read her book, Our Broken Hallelujahs, um, she talked about she is good at having the hard conversations. And I've talked before about part of the podcast. I talk to people so you don't have to. What I want people to be you know, motivated to do is to talk to people because the more we dive into conversations, like you realize we're all so similar, you know, we might have differences in personalities and life experiences, but at our core, it's like, just there's so much that we carry and walk around with. And if we can help carry the burden with each other. And it's funny, because as I'm talking, and as I was listening to you talk, it's like, you were describing what I feel like I'm seeing right now in our country with the racial tensions and how it's not a quick fix. It's not this. And that we, especially like as white people, like there's so much listening we have to do and learning and whatnot. And so I think that's why you and I have such a different, such a, uh, I don't know, I can't think how to say it other than maybe like more, a lot more empathy than we would have had in the past because of everything we've been going through. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it's like, you know, we have to look at what role do we play? We may not think we play a role, but you can tell just through your relationships with, like I said, whether it's yourself, friends, family, spouse, kids, there is a part you play and it's not going to improve until you figure out the role you play. Cause we can't change other people. We can only change ourselves. Right. And I think that to go along with what you're saying, a lot of trauma, what I'm discovering is generational. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the racial tensions, it's, I mean, it goes way back. Well, of course, yeah. Way back. This is, this is not a recent thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people think because it's old that it does not affect current times. No, no, it, it, and that's it not true. It exactly. Yeah, it's not because of the past. It's because of the past and the present and the future. Mm-hmm. You know, when it, you can see the writing on the wall, you need to do something. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Um, And that's, I think that's, you know, as we start to wrap it up, like, you know, kind of if, you know, kind of summing up, it's like, if you are carrying things around that you feel like you do not want to address, that's usually a telltale sign that it needs to be addressed. And if you want to change future and you want to change future generations and you want to break chains and strengthen things, Mm -hmm. like, it's like the only way over it is through it because you can't just get over it. You can't just say, Oh, we're just going to put this in a little box and keep it in the past. Like, you know, enough guests on the podcast have talked about, you know, working through things. It is only through really shining a light on the dark places. Right. And I think, um, for me, it's, it's breaking some of those chains. And one of the things kind of what the last thing I want to talk about is, kind of a fun story that I like telling and that has to do with the way we're raising our children mm. and with vulnerability. Mm-hmm. There, there's, uh, there's something to be said about vulnerability in communication where you can't expect somebody to be vulnerable with you until you are vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. You can't 
and you know, I'm, I'm using the example of our, our kids where I don't expect my kids to come to me and tell me the deepest, darkest secrets about their life. Mm -hmm. Um, because they don't have an example of somebody doing that. Mm -hmm. So I've, I've realized that I need to be open and honest with them Mm -hmm. way more open and honest than I have been in order for them to even start to trust me to be open and honest with me. Mm-hmm. So what we did the other day, and I say we, but it was kind of my spur of the moment idea was we were all having fun in the hot tub out back here. Mm-hmm. And I decided just on a whim that we were going to play a game called true confessions, which of course I was like, what? I looked at him like, what? Oh my gosh, what are you doing? Yeah. True confessions. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, after after it was all said and done, you agreed that it was good. Oh, oh within right? like within one minute, I just I yeah. realized that I just had to. But I you just weren't definitely sure I was like, what the heck are you doing? My it sounded weird. Was I don't know. This was weird. It was, <laughs> it was uncomfortable. So but yeah, I was like, was all right, well, sure. I'm going to trust you. All right, let's do this. So I think uh, what was the one I, I let off because I'm not going to expect my kids to have any confession unless I go first. So what did I say that you said my confession is that sometimes I tell you I can't make pancakes, but that's a lie. I just don't feel like it. Yeah, I just don't want to. And their minds were blown. Yeah, they were blown. So our kids are eight and nine, just to give you perspective shift of where we're at in life. And I think it's like every morning, pretty much they, they come downstairs and and I'll be working and, or, or doing whatever. And they'll say, can I have pancakes this morning? And I'm like, no. No, I can't. I can't can't do it this morning. Sorry for X, Y, or Z reason. But sometimes you just don't feel like, and they were like, we knew it. And I thought, (laughs) and to give my, so, you know, Jeremy says this and then all of a sudden, you know, it's my son's turn. And he says, um, he said, when it's time for bed and you're basically yelling at me to get to bed and I'm not doing it. I just want to turn around and tell you to shut up, which I thought was very insightful. And, um, and then our daughter said, and he didn't get in trouble for it. That's, you know, that's part of the game. This is judge judgment free. Uh, Our daughter said, look, we're telling our true confessions. We shouldn't necessarily be doing this on the podcast. We should make sure they get, we get their permission. Okay. (laughs) Side note, people see, we have to ask permission before we air this. But then our daughter said that sometimes she says she has, a stomach ache at night, but she really doesn't. She just wants to talk to me. And that blew my mind. So hearing that. So as I said, when he first started it, I was like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? Because of course, hello. I'm pretty sure these true confessions are fairly universal. Yeah. No, of course they are. With families. They are. But we need to show respect to our children too with boundaries because it's all about boundaries. That's true. Um, But this is the thing that blew my mind and why I'm grateful for Jeremy and his journey on therapy is because I, of course, you know, um, want vulnerable, open communication. I feel like I'm passionate about it. I've been doing it with friends for years, started a podcast and, um, around the house, it's, Hey guys, you can tell me anything. You can tell me anything. I mean, for years I've been trying to create this environment, which is, Hey, we're a family that communicates and we talk and you can tell me anything. But I had this like aha moment that it's like, and this is through conversation with Jeremy and I and unpacking stuff. It's like, Oh, you don't create a family that communicates by saying 
we're a family that communicates. Yeah. It's you do it by communicating and by being vulnerable with them. And so he said that after we, you know, the kids shared and I, my mind was so blown. I couldn't even like come up with anything on the spot because I was just so like in awe of this moment. But he said, you know, I had this epiphany that I can't expect them to be vulnerable with me if I'm not vulnerable with them. And of course, there's boundaries and appropriateness of what you share with your kids and things like that and what you share on a podcast and publicly. But I just thought that was so huge. But podcasts are a place for honesty. They are a place for honesty. <laughs> honesty. and the, But boundaries are good, too. Yes, <laughs> podcasts are, are also a place yes, for boundaries, boundaries too. Um, but I just think that that's the whole thing with being vulnerable with, you know, people and relationships and whatnot. It's like you, you know, you, you have vulnerability and it opens that up. But of course, you know, Brene Brown talks about safe, safety, you know, safe people to be vulnerable. with. So if if I can sum up what we've just been talking about, it's that therapy is for everybody. Mm -hmm. It's not for the screwed up people. It's not for uh, the people that quote unquote need it. It's for everybody. (laughs) Everybody can use it. Um, it's kind of the whole thing. Like when you hear something and you're like, you know, who really needs to hear this? So-and-so they really need to hear this. <laughs> That's like another, t- like maybe you need to be the one that hear this. This, yeah, yeah, And like I said, it's not that therapy, therapy doesn't look the same for everybody. So it might look different to everyone, but I think peeling back the layers, you know, if, if the definition of therapy were to be really pulling back the layers and kind of figuring out why are you the way you are? You know, why do you do the things you do that life will be so much better because then you are able to kind of see things with clearer vision. Yeah. And it is hard work. I just, that, that's one thing I didn't realize it was going to be so much work before, mm-hmm. uh, but it's such a different kind of work. You, it's really hard to anticipate and until you've done it. It's, it's really hard to know what it's like to, um, and the, like vulnerability, that's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we're going to be open communicators, somebody has to do it first. Yeah. And I am not going to expect somebody else to do it before me. Otherwise that's just me being selfish. Well, I thank you for your willingness to not only do the hard work in life, but here on the podcast, I was <sighs> unsure, you know, But I felt like we've both been talking for a few months about therapy and how, you know, amazing it is and, you know, just kind of wanting to put out into the world to normalize therapy, to normalize talking about stuff. Let's share with the listeners. Yeah. Share with flushers. Share your stuff. No, no. See your stuff. Share your stuff. Heal your stuff. Yeah. So. It's hard work. If we can do that. So um, if you need. To find someone to talk to, feel free to reach out and I can pass along some resources. Um, and you can always try betterhelp.com. <laughs> They're not a sponsor. No. Well, thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, being willing to share. This is definitely an uncomfortable, I think, thing to think about putting out into the world. But if we are going to talk the talk, we need to walk the walk. And I appreciate you doing that. I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to be a part of the first all nude podcast recording for flushing it out. (laughs) All nude. (laughs) That's great. (laughs) Kidding. Not kidding. Kidding. Yes, we're kidding. kidding. Um, Are we? No, just kidding. (laughs) Not kidding. Kidding.
Not kidding. Kidding. And that's a wrap for now. Thanks for listening to Flushing It Out with Samantha Spittle. Music provided by TwinMusicom.org. Song titled Night at the Dance Hall. Sound editing by me, Jeremy Spittle. A special thanks to our studio sponsor, M&M Exteriors. Visit their website at mmexteriors.com for all of your roofing, siding, and gutter needs in the Northern Virginia area. Visit our website at flushingitout.com and be sure to subscribe. This has been a Spitfire production. That was the greatest thing I've ever heard.